have a new sponsor and an old friend joining Envy Pillow here, Sierra Sill. With two rare patents and a money-back guarantee, Sierra Sill, available at Shoppers Drug Mart, London Drugs and Health Food Stores, is the natural mineral joint pain remedy you need. Go to sierrasill.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com and use the code GF for 10% off. Well, hello and welcome to our inaugural, ooh, what to wear to the ball, our inaugural episode of Gracefully and Frankly, and my name is Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt, and I'm wearing my best sequin gown, just, you know, because it's the inaugural one. Plus, some shapewear underneath that we're going to hear about in a little bit. I don't know if your Derek is wonderful or has a death wish, but we'll talk about that as well as being careful what you wish for at the holidays. And I know it was just a disaster across the country for so many people in terms of travel and getting Uh. together and getting out and getting in. And oh, my God, our hearts go out to you if your holiday plans were completely upended this year. I know you down around Lake Erie. Holy Moses, you... You were standing in front of what looked like an ice sculpture and nature and wind and the lake had done it all itself. Do you know those photos, not my photos, but someone's photos of those ice sculptures went international. They kind of went viral. So it's the combination of the wind and the ice on these gates and the way they froze. It was absolutely incredible. It didn't look real. We had to walk down and see it for ourselves. Yeah, you did. And you know what? Let's post that. At Gracefully and Frankly. And and we're also going to tell you where the name came from for this podcast. It's a little bit of an homage to one of our favorite shows of two aging women who just have zero filters. They're best friends. They're different. One's more hippie. One's more uptight. I confess to being the uptight button down. I wish I was Jane Fonda. Um, but I do have that little bit inside me that also loves the Lily Tomlin freedom of spirit, too. So I don't think I'd really I, I say I want to wear caftans, but I've never purchased one like Lily Tomlin's character. But I really admire Jane Fonda's confidence, I guess it is. So I'm kind of a bit of both, too. And her beauty. Yeah. I know that it's surgery, but damn it, it's good surgery. It really is. <laughs> it is. And you know what, Lisa? We've got a sponsor for Gracefully and Frankly almost right off the bat. And it kind of ties in with Jane Fonda and surgery and that sort of thing. Because these two women, Kathy and Kim, who are best friends and registered nurses, and you may have seen them on the Dragon's Den about 15 years ago or so, right? You saw them. Yeah, I think it was about eight years ago. They made a pitch to the Dragon's. They got three offers and turned them all down. And what a smart move that was. Yeah, because Envy Pillow, which is their company, two RNs came up with these pillows because they worked in people's offices where, you know, you get uh, improvements or changes or alterations to your face or whatever, and just saw that there was a need for a pillow that people could lie on that didn't smoosh their face. (laughs) And, And it turns out that I got into this pillow about 15 years ago. That's why I thought they'd been on Dragon's Den that long. It must, God, it seems like forever. They sent me one at the radio station and I was having terrible neck pain because of stress. You know some of the people who gave me that neck pain, Lisa. I do. And you weren't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. And so I started using it and then I found out that there was this other reason for them. And these pillows, Envy pillows, not only prevent wrinkles, but with its unique contouring is now the only anti-aging certified natural latex pillow 
with advanced copper technology. You can't cook with them, but I can't cook anyway. Who would have thought who would have thought that a pillow would be an anti a certified anti-aging device? It's amazing. Well, I don't know, but the copper thing is what got me because during COVID, you see these signs in bathrooms now that say we've got copper this, copper that, and it's for germs. So, I mean, these pillows are our everything and now they're our sponsor and we are just so thrilled. So, we're going to have to make a little more room in the back seat. I think so. And you can get your own. I mean, anybody who is listening is welcome to go buy one um, with the discount code GF for girlfriend and great friggin' sleep. <laughs> Gracefully, frankly, I think is oh. what it is. Oh! <laughs> At Envy Pillow, that's E N V Y Pillow.com. But gracefully and frankly, if you've seen the promo of us sitting in our mini, uh, this all came to be in our conversations early last year, and we've wanted to do this for a while. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Sorry it's so crowded in the back seat of the mini, but we promise to make it worth your while. You just called it our mini. I'm a part owner of a mini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better than a Tesla these days. That's right. Oh, Lisa, it's so good to be doing this with you at long last. You and I have been friends forever. And, of course, we we shared a, a broadcasting boss for years there at oh. Rogers when you were doing news on our show on CHFI and then, of course, became the queen of morning news over on 680. And then you stepped away. You stepped away for love. <laughs> I did. I ran away for love. Yeah, but, Lisa, if there's anybody who doesn't know who she is, well, first of all, she's my soul sister. We're born... How many days apart? 10 or 12. I always mix it up. Within two weeks of each other. That's right. Within two weeks. Yeah. And uh, she's an author, a broadcaster, TV, radio, voiceover goddess. (laughs) And uh, what else can I say about you? you? You are an animal lover. Yeah. She rescued a dog who was running along the highway over the holidays and went door to door to door like some late Santa saying, is this your dog? And and have you found Jesus? She, she multitasks. Well, I only had the dog in the car, though. Let's be clear. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you did find the dog's home. The dog was Miller and Miller had run out from the backyard. But this is the person she is just good to the soul, but but with a with a dark streak, just like me. And I think that that's why you and I are our soul sisters. Too. I do, too, because that dark humor that they call newsroom humor or, mm-hmm. you know, surgical theater humor or whatever, there aren't that many people that you can share that side with without going, oh, I shouldn't say that. You and I just let it rip. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, we do. And we spent time at a cottage last year. You know, when you say let it rip, that I also do that. But that was just... <laughs> That was part of our keto diet. Oh, dear God, where did that come from? Oh, jeez. Aaron Davis, radio legend. Do you know ah. that in Canada there are probably, I don't know, less than half a dozen uh, radio people who become household names in any city? And usually they're on the CBC and they're force-fed to us. But you did, and um, you transcended formats because everybody knows who you are. You became a best-selling author, like Canada-wide, 
and a TV, you're a TV host before that, a national television show. And best of all, if people don't know this about you, you're a human being who's already great and you're always trying to be better. Oh, that is a wonderful quality in a person who <laughs> you could stop and you'd be just fine. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously. I mean that. You're you're just always striving to be better and to, to make sure that you're looking after the people in your life. I love that. Thank you. And uh, I'm blushing here, as you can imagine. But what is this podcast going to be? And why do we need another podcast in the world? Well, I wanted to introduce you to our friendship and just to have some conversations where you can sit there with your tea or your coffee and just feel like you're sitting in on a conversation with two girlfriends because God knows we've had enough of them and said, oh, my gosh, we should send this out to the world (laughs) and see what comes back. So let's get at it, shall we? Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas, my dear? That's such a loaded question because you know what goes through my mind every single Christmas? Do you remember the humorist Irma Bombeck? Oh, yeah. The grass is always greener over the septic tank and that sort of stuff. I was introduced to her as a kid because she used to have excerpts in the National Enquirer. And God love her, my mom would have that in the bathroom, which is really where it belongs. But I would read some Irma Bombeck there. And she said once, there is nothing sadder in this world than to wake up Christmas morning and not be a child. Yes. Oh, that hits me in the heart every single time I think of it. Yeah. And so being the creature that I am, I chase that high. I chase it every year. And all I want is a surprise. So I blew it this year, Lisa. Oh, no. And not the way I blew it when I was about 11 years old, looked under my parents' bed and found a guitar there in a vinyl case. That's that's not the way I blew it. I came up with this idea. I thought I did. I went on Amazon. Rob and I shared. He has the Prime account. And I picked out things I wanted, a pajama set, a splash guard, a splatter guard for my frying pan, a digital scale. And I put them in my cart, our cart. And so then I told Rob what he could look for. And I'm not saying, you know, shop Amazon. I would much prefer anyone shop locally, of course, even though Amazon is local for us because it's right next to the Victoria Airport now. We have this huge Amazon delivery center so I can I can watch my purchases come in. (laughs) But I did that. and. He bought them, and I didn't have, except for a pair of gloves to replace one that I'd lost a month ago, and a pair of really nice slipper socks. I didn't have one surprise from him Christmas morning. Wow. I blew it. Wow. I blew it. Yeah, you blew it, but you also got stuff that you wanted. I know, but you want the surprise. Is that not the most entitled whine you've ever heard from anybody? (laughs) Oh, I got everything I wanted. And I know how it sounds, but what I really wanted was for him to say, I've booked us a couple of nights away New Year's Eve, or, yeah. um, you know, I'm replacing this vacuum of yours that you love, but that I've fixed three times and we're finally going to give up on. And I know you're not supposed to want a vacuum for Christmas, but face it, 35 years married, here's where we are, Lisa. You know that, I too. I do understand. I haven't heard anybody actually putting things in the cart, but I did hear about people doing searches on their spouse's computer so that then they would be inundated with the ads, ads yep. kind of following them yep. everywhere. But I didn't think about the surprise part of it, that you wouldn't, you just know everything was uh, was coming. This is the thing. I mean, let's be honest, and this isn't to to be braggadocious or anything, but if we want something, pretty much we get it, right? Like, I mean, if yes. you wanted to buy a splatter screen for your pan, you're not going to hem and haw about it for three weeks. You just, you get it. So, 
that's part of the whole being an adult thing. I mean, with Colin and Jane in your lives, that's probably a bigger joy at Christmas than anything is watching how they react. And yeah, you know, it's, it's that way for me with my little sister Tabitha's children, Riker and Vienna. I, there's nothing like the joy on a kid's face. And we should um, interject a little bit here and say Lisa is a big sister to a little sister, as in Big Sisters of Canada. Right. Um, and and you have been such an incredible influence on Tabitha's life. And and now her children are, are like your grandchildren. And what do they call you? They call me Grandma Lisa. And oh. Riker is nine. He's the age Tabitha was when I met her. And <gasps> it's just a mind-blowing thing. I mean, we're not we're not really big and little sister anymore because that ends when she turns 18, but we've, we're family. And so we're very close, but it's seeing through their eyes, the excitement and their little printing on the cards and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that gets me. But you know what I got this year? Um, I got help from you and from my sister-in-law. I think my husband consulted you on a weighted blanket. And my sister-in-law recommended uh, Shaper Mint. And so I got some Shaper Mint stuff that's very comfortable. And so he's he's really up in his game. Is Shaper Mint like Spanx? Kind of, except it's not as hard. It's not as as controlled. Uh, It's softer. Um, But yeah, and I'm, I'm tickled. I'm tickled because I, I I got only surprises. So, but it's not. It's usually not like that. Okay. Okay. I got to pump the brakes a bit here. Is a husband daring, loving, or crazy to get his wife or anyone to get their partner something that that holds in the that holds in the budget? Shaper mint. Yes. It came on a recommendation, a firm recommendation from his sister. So she knows me well, and she she lives in this stuff. And she just said, "I know she's going to love it. Trust me." And you're right. He did look a little concerned when I was opening it. You got to chunk in that junk in the trunk, honey. But no, it's fantastic. So he could point back to her and just say it was her fault. And you like the weighted blanket? Love. Me too. I have trouble falling asleep. I don't have trouble staying asleep once I get there. But since I started started using the weighted blanket, I don't have that trouble. I fall right to sleep. Well, this is where people listening will go, well, wait a second. Aaron has a sleep podcast called Drift with Aaron Davis that are stories to put a person to sleep. So why doesn't her best friend listen to it? (laughs) And I think the answer is because, like, another friend I have in Toronto who says, I just want to talk with you when I hear you telling the story, which is probably bullshit. But anyway. It's my hearing. So Uh, as you know, I wear hearing aids. And once those hearing aids come out, the world is gone. So. Can I can I do one just for you then? Oh sure. Once upon a time, <sighs> like like Garrett Morris did with the news on <laughs> for the hearing impaired. Yeah. <laughs> Our top story tonight. Our top story tonight. is still dead. Good night and have a pleasant. Good night tomorrow. and have a pleasant tomorrow. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the impact that Barbara Walters had, not only on journalism as a whole, of course, on us and for women. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny coming off of that piece with with Garrett Morris and Chevy Chase there from way back in the day, the original cast. And no one was skewered harder than Barbara Walters, which I think probably shows you just how big she was and 
probably will always be as such a glass ceiling shatterer. I mean, how many times did you see Baba Wawa mentioned in uh, in comments on her passing, which was, you know, I thought, okay, you're kind of showing you know who she is, but it was mean. She was hurt by it, by that uh, Gilda Radner bit. Well, the thing is, you're somebody if you're being skewered on Saturday Night Live. And, and as you said, Gilda Radner did that at first, but I mean, it went all the way through. Sherry O'Terry did a Baba Wawa of her own. That was a little bit yeah. different. Uh, it was more the, yeah. the the filter, you know, the soft filter and the, um, I don't know. I, I always found it very funny. And if you're watching uh, a parody of somebody and you don't know who they are, you find out. And right. I, I don't know. I just think it's the ultimate compliment. I'm sure she was hurt by it, but it was also early days for Saturday Night Live then. It was early days for all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, this wasn't the vaudeville stage. This was worldwide. Everybody was seeing. So I think it helped her more than hurt her. Yeah. And and she could more than hold her own. I mean, how many times was she lambasted for asking that question of Katherine Hepburn? What kind of a tree would you be? OK, so <laughs> this is where memory comes in and plays a little trick on me, because I thought for all these years, Erin, I thought she asked that of Eddie Murphy. And this is what plagued her was that it followed her everywhere. People thought yeah. she asked in every interview, and I knew she only did oh. it once, but I thought it was Eddie Murphy. Jeez, <laughs> oh, maybe on SNL it was. <laughs> maybe, Who knows? maybe. Oh, my God. Well, let us clear the record. This woman was an absolute pioneer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For everything that Lisa and I ever did, for all of the times we went home and, and you know, just rocked ourselves to sleep crying because of, you know, males we were working with at the time, Look at this woman who was put in a broadcast situation with Harry Reasoner, who would run a stopwatch on how long their segments each were. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, man, yeah. what she went through. It's unbelievable. And she kept going. And, she, you know, she's very bright. She had a lot to prove. And we're lucky to be following in her footsteps, uh, even on, you know, whatever the trail is that we're on, because she sure. she really did pave the way. And not only bright when it came to asking questions, but as a producer, as we know, with The View and so many other things she did, she oh. she just had a, a great vision and a great passion for the medium of broadcasting. Yeah, and she had the clout that she could make her dreams come true. Don't forget all of the jealousy over the fact that, you know, is Barbara Walters worth a million dollars? Well, as one uh, morning guy in Detroit once told me, he said, you're worth whatever they'll pay you. And she was worth it and over and over and over. And look at your TV listings today, Lisa. You've got the chew, the talk, yes. the social, the everything. And it's all because of the view, because someone decided to let some women have their say. And yeah, there's crosstalk. And yeah, it turns into, you know, a coffee clatch sometimes. But that's that's life. That's how it goes. But something else interesting about her, and nobody ever talks about this, is that she had a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. uh, she had the thing in her mouth that made whatever it was in her speech that made her talk differently than the rest of us do. And still she excelled. And, you know, it was just another hurdle, another barrier. And yet she did it. Yeah. And she didn't let that become what people thought of her. It wasn't the, the first thing that came out of your mind. I mean, with us in broadcasting, that's something we noticed immediately. Some people don't notice until it's pointed out. They might know something's a little bit different, but they might not know what. But it didn't even become part of the conversation with her. I just remember her being able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe 
with anybody. Yeah. And she did it. And her interviews were must-see TV. No matter who it was, she was going to not make them cry. That was Oprah's thing. But she was going to ask the pointed questions. And just so much respect for her. And did you know, a little bit of trivia as we move on to, to family dynamics and stuff, but she was related to Paul McCartney. What? Yes. Nancy Chevelle, Paul's oh. latest and last wife, was close cousins with Barbara Walters, and they were dear, dear cousins. Okay. So, well, all right. I'll give you that. Okay. Sort of related. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a connection there that I didn't know, that's for sure. Closer than we are to her, okay? Yes, that's right. <laughs> You talk about the family that you chose in your little sister and her and her husband's two children, yeah. which is just so beautiful. And then you mention our grandchildren, Colin and Jane. We have a case of the family we chose, too, because Colin is the only one related by blood to us because he's the son of our late daughter. Who had Aaron mentioning her late daughter in the first podcast on their bingo card? Okay, that's your free spot. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, <laughs> Lauren would love that. Lauren would love that. His sister, Jane, is our granddaughter. His parents, his dad, Phil, who was Lauren's husband, and his wife, Brooke, they are our children, too. So these are family we've chosen. Yeah. Now, what about the family that was kind of chosen for us on that, that wine-soaked evening when our parents got together um, and decided to create a dream come true? <laughs> So let's talk about real family dynamics as we age. Now, you and your brother are how many years apart? Where are you in the older, younger? 18 months. I'm I'm the eldest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. There's just the two of us. Wow. Yeah. Don't make me break into song again. <laughs> so you have both been now without your parents for a couple of years, both your parents. Yep. I hesitate to say orphaned because it is something that happens to us all as we get older. But yeah, basically. Yeah. Have the dynamics between the two of you changed since your parents drifted out of the picture? I think so, uh, in a good way. But my brother and I, I am so lucky. We made a pact when our father got sick. My dad died first. And when he got really sick, we made a pact that we were going to present United Front to them. And I think that helped pave the way where we just decided we were the two musketeers, you know, one for all and all for one. And um, that paved the way for us to have this really good bond and this trust in each other that we didn't have when we were younger, let me tell you that much. So, What do you mean a united front? What What do you mean, like well, in decision-making? Yes, that kind of thing. I mean, Dad needed to go into long-term care, and in order to facilitate that, they had to sell their house. My mom didn't want to leave. We did have to do some nudging and prodding uh, to get things done so that we both had power of attorney for our dad and th that kind of thing. And we just agreed that if one of us felt more strongly about something than the other, we'd go with the one who felt strongest. And mm. and we would just uh, do the best we could for our parents. So that really paved the way. We get along better than we ever have. I mean, when we were teenagers, Aaron, I used to routinely think, I can't wait till I get out of this house and I don't have to see him again. We just did not get along. So it's, I have a sunshine happiness story. That's a good thing. Yeah. We all need those. What strikes me about your story is stepping back, taking ego out of the equation and looking truly at what's best for your parents. 
at what point do you say, do you stop trying to say, well, this is what mom would want or this is what dad would want? And and you just look at the bigger picture and rather than try and get into their heads or your ego, you're saying this is what's best for all. Right. Well, when it came to dad, dementia was involved in that kind of thing. So we did have to make those. With my mom, she was she died of cancer. She was lucid and aware up until the last couple of days before she died and making her own decisions. But we supported whatever it was she wanted. I have to tell you, my, it would take a, a long time to explain it in detail, but my mom and I were, I wouldn't say estranged, but I really limited my time with her. She was a lot. And, uh, and I loved her. But as soon as she got sick, none of that mattered, right? Um, so I was just very lucky to have a partner in crime or in uh, doing good with my brother, because I know a lot of people don't. This is the kind of stuff that tears families apart. My chiropractor, I remember her telling me that when her dad was dying a natural death in the hospital, her aunt screaming, you're killing him, you're killing him. And she was following his wishes. And you have to have a certain strength to be able to carry that stuff through. It's not easy. It looks easy on paper, but in real life, it's not. No, and especially if a parent has decided that they want to use these services of something like MAID, and there are other siblings who are going, no, 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 I'm not letting him go. And that's not your decision to make. Again, you have to take yourself out of yourself and just look at what's best for the big picture, for the person involved. And it's uh, it, oh, such a minefield. Well, there's so much to it, Erin. I mean, your own feelings come in too, right? Like, I mean, you're losing your parent and, and it's just, there's nothing, uh, well, few things that are as common, but as devastating. You have, I mean, a much bigger family. I just have the one brother, although <laughs> he felt like 20 sometimes. And with all being girls, there must be a lot more um, drama. We call it the coven. The four sisters are the coven. I came up with that because we are all witches for good and for evil at, at the same time. And yeah, the family dynamics are, oh, they're really something because one is the power of attorney and one is my dad's actual caregiver. My mother passed away 11 years ago now, coming up in February, and that was a you know catastrophic brain event and aneurysm. And so we all just had to gather and, uh, and say our goodbyes to her. But with my dad, it is a long and lingering descent into dementia. Right. So we, we all have decisions that have to be made and, and you know trying to get the government and veterans affairs involved and all of these different things. But in the middle of all of this is the dynamic of the sisterhood. Mm. And it's not easy because there's the eldest who is ostensibly the wisest and the one who should be listened to, but the second oldest who has the power of attorney and has her finger on the pulse of everything, financial, every red tape, every everything. So she has all of the weight in the decisions. And then there's me, and I'm kind of the peacekeeper and the go-along to get along. And then there's the youngest one who has always been the most opinionated, but is the one who's caring for dad. And so there's a lot of back and forth. And texts that look like demands or inquisitions and stuff, but they're not. They're just questions. You have to word things very gently and carefully with everybody. And you would think that in four people who've known each other for 60 odd years, that this wouldn't exist. But it comes more into the telescope or the microscope, if you will, when there is a stressful or life-changing event, right? I have to tell you, my mother was 80 when she died, and she was still talking about her older sister, who's very much alive, 
as their their sisterly dynamic. Oh, well, she always thinks she knows everything because she's the oldest. My mom, my mom was 80, you know, so I'm sorry to tell you, I don't know that that stuff ever really goes away to a degree anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) Um, And that we will always be trying to prove ourselves to the ones who didn't believe in us, or we'll always expect the respect or, or whatever, depending on where you are in the family dynamic. I'm sure with some families, it dissipates as you age, like you and your brother, you sort of morphed, you aged together, you changed, you grew closer. But I think with some people, it's like that, what you said about your brother, I can't wait till I never have to see him again. I really do think that that does come to pass, especially as the parents come to pass. And you say, all right, I wouldn't have chosen you and you can leave my life now. I mean, that sounds awful, but I think it's true. I think it is too. And let's also remember that I don't know what my brother's thinking. You know, I really don't. There's always been a sort of, you know, I'm the older sister and and I was very opinionated and I've tried to really back off when it comes to anything to do with him because it's none of my business, really, however he conducts his life. But I don't know if he still feels any resentment or anything like that. He's doing a much better job of hiding it if if he does. But we also realize we're all we have left. Like he comes for Christmas and it is the quietest nicest. I mean, it's great and everything, but it's just three adults, you know, (laughs) sitting there. Yeah. That's it. So neither one of us have had children. You know, Tabitha's got her own family thing going on on Christmas Day. So (laughs) it's, it's just, it's an odd, an odd little dynamic. But that's what families are, right? They say that home is where they have to take you in when you go there. So right, your sibling who takes you in when you need help, that's your home. And for me, you know what? And I have three sisters and I love them all in in different ways, but you are the sister I would go home to. And Lisa and I, it's so funny, in December, we both saw the exact same coffee mug. It had a little house next to a little house and then one name and another name, not our names, right. or we would have bought them. <laughs> um, but it said, I wish you lived next to me. And you know what? With this podcast, you do live next to me and I'm so grateful. And Let's do it again. Yeah, let's please do it again soon. And people can email us. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear, you know, about your family dynamic and all that. Lisa and I on Gracefully and Frankly, we will happily have you join the conversation. So you've got our email address there. It's gracefullyfrankly at gmail.com, right? Absolutely. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing what your family dynamic is about. I mean, you and I could not be more different when it comes to how we grew up sibling-wise. So I'm sure there's lots of configurations out there. And then you get into the steps and everything else. So, Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack. And that's what we're here for. So come on back and we'll unpack. (laughs) Talk to you soon, my friend. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us and listening to Gracefully and Frankly. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, wherever you're listening, click the subscribe button and you'll get a notification when we're back. You can also reach us by email, gracefullyfrankly at gmail.com. That's gracefullyfrankly at gmail.com. No and in there, but we do have an address with an and in it, don't we, Lisa? Yeah, we do. We're on Facebook, Gracefully and Frankly on Facebook. We can't wait to connect with you and talk to you next time.